You know, I mean, I can't even believe how many pedal taverns or I don't know what they call those things. Yes. You know, and it's just like girls in, in cowboy boots drinking all through the city. It's like, what is happening? Like, what? I, I, I almost ran into a couple of, like, there's weird contraptions yeah. driving everywhere now. It's like honky-tonk party city. I'm getting a little concerned. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's great. The harvest is here. But there's something there's something going on, guys, that, that this is a landing strip, and it's a launching pad into the world. Nashville has impact. We know that. But I believe that God is jealous. And, and th- these guys were tucked away, worshiping, praying, waiting on God, waiting for the power to come. But there was a oneness that somehow set in. We know the apostles and the disciples had their issues, their competition, their jealousies, their fragmentations, their issues, their attitudes. We know they were human. You know, the praise be to God, it, it, it lets us see that in the life of many of the guys, and especially Peter. We just see some of these things. But that somehow they pulled it together. Now, I think there is a key that on the other side of the cross, there was a brokenness that set in. Because it, when it, whenever we're driven by... Uh, selfish ambition. A lot of times it can even be religious selfish ambition. We can be driven by revival. How many revival? How many brothers have been hurt and killed in the name of revival, so or torn apart, or, or, or you know? And they say that's the main reason why revivals shut down. Right? Is that people just start treating each other bad, or, or it's a power struggle, or or whatever? And I, I believe on the front end, God wants to teach us how to love each other, how to steward uh, relationships, how to not get broken and fragmented and how to value and how to, you know, if, if I if I have to be a bridge, a bridge, you know, I, I'm going to get walked on, you know, and I'm going to get, I'm going to get stepped on. Anyone want to be stepped on so God can come, yeah. to, you know, to be those, what were, the, what were those, uh, the palm branches? Who was willing to be the palm branches laid down so that mm. the king can come? Mm. You know, a human bridge laid out saying, prepare the way of the Lord. And, and I believe that in that, and I'm not going to go much longer because I got some real fun stuff to amazing stuff that happened with Azusa we want to be able to share with you guys and then we want to pray but I just felt like this was a call to make every effort to live in peace blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God are there many sons here in this city we know we got a lot of churchgoers and we got a lot of you know Christians but we God is looking where are the sons of God the peacemakers those who will say you know yeah yeah that's that was difficult that hurt that was hard but let's let's get through it. Let's press on to destiny. Come on, Pastor. You know, and and I really believe that that if we can somehow just you know, it, yes, it's a sacrificial call to go there. It's gonna it's gonna hurt at times. It's gonna be uncomfortable at times. But I'm telling you, it's gonna hurt and be way more uncomfortable if we miss our day of visitation. That's right. That's if right. We, if we miss our destiny as a city because we couldn't get over our egos and our issues and our religion, and does this make any sense? It's right. And, and I just believe that right here, this is a precious gathering. Because I know the heart, I know the DNA. I've walked with these brothers for many years, and there's a, there's a beauty uh, of of those who gather and and the sisters that that pray for the city, lay down their lives. You know, Marion and many of you, uh, you know, all you guys. It's it's there's something beautiful here, but yeah. God wants to multiply it. He wants it to be generational, and I I, I don't know what the strategies are going to be in the in the years, the, the days to come, but I do know that relationships are premium to God. It attracts the Holy Spirit. When that oneness, when that one accord comes, suddenly that rushing mighty wind comes, and, it, and it's over. It's like, it's like from that day on, the outpouring, you couldn't stop it. And I believe there's there's uh, last day outpourings. You know, I believe he saved the best wine for last. And I believe there's things, it's not too late for America. 
And I believe what happened uh, in Azusa was profound. But I, I, we have to figure out how to steward it into our city. And, and I just feel like this, what I'm bringing is a piece of it. Okay? Uh, the, stewarding the relationships, like weaving together, mending that wineskin, mending the nets, however you want to say it, um, so, that, so that we can, we can do this together. And, uh, you know, we, we might go, but I'm so busy, I don't have time to even mend another relationship. I don't have time to even fit another person in my life. Here's what it is. Just be, be led by the Holy Spirit. Yes. The Holy Spirit will show you where to put your time, your energy, yep. who needs a touch, who needs an encouragement. Does that make sense? Yes. So let me just pray over that, and we'll get into some other stuff. Lord, we just thank you, Father, that, Lord, you said that, <clears throat> this, um, that making every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. And somehow you connected the two, holiness and, and peace. And I just, I'm kind of pray and prophesy for a minute here. I felt, I felt like the Lord said, are you carrying your peace? You know, they, they, they say that, you know, you know, your peace almost like a weapon, you know. The, and I feel like the Lord said that peace is a weapon. That the enemy cannot, he cannot sustain his work in an area of peace where there are peacemakers where we're putting out the fires of the enemy, the division of the enemy. And Lord, we just thank you right now, Lord, that, that uh, Lord, as we make every effort to be holy and, and to live in peace, Lord, uh, Lord, you said without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And God, we just, we just bow our hearts. We bend our hearts towards you and say, God, would you make us holy as you're holy? We don't even know really what all that means, except we know that's a standard you put out there for us, God. Lord, we don't want anyone to miss the grace of God and, and, and bitter roots to, to grow up in our, in our community and cause trouble and defile many. Father, deliver us from that, God. Deliver us from that. Father, would you just speak to us? I just believe the Holy Spirit wants to just literally, tangibly, practically put people on your heart right now where there's maybe some mending, there's some, some effort, making every effort to be at peace, to connect, to flow, to forgive to remove any bitter root. Lord, we just ask you for this, God, because we so desire for you to come to be poured out. Would you bring us that place of oneness, Lord? We know we're asking for a supernatural thing, but you put it before us, oh God. You held up that standard and said, go there. So we're trying to go there, Father. Teach us your ways, God. Teach us your ways. Don't pass us by, God. Honor the prayers of the saints, Lord. But Lord, would you also mend the relationships, God? Would you deliver us from being so religious that we're not relational? But we know that this life is really just a test of love. It's just one big test of love. Do we learn to love? Do we love God? Do we love our neighbors ourselves? God, would you help us? Give us fresh insight and inspiration to live this gospel so that you would come in a mighty way, God. Yes, God. As far as it depends on us, mm. we live at peace and be holy. Thank you, God. And if you, Amen. And if you look at the uh, the what happened on that Azusa, did you guys see what the DNA of most of the day? Like half the day was all mending relationships. Right, yeah. Racism yeah. broken. It was it was a big mending party, <laughs> mending and blending the body back together. And I believe that that is a DNA that God wants to bring to our city. Um, 
I'm actually super encouraged at the relational condition of where we're at compared to where we were the early years of the city. I, I mean, I really think we've the standard is rising big time in relationship and family, and and um, you know, um, just before I, I invite Merle, I have a couple important things um, that I want to shout out is uh, we got the Bonnaroo gathering, and we're going to be able to team up with, with Bob and Jason, the guys, and just such an honor to fight for that young generation in the harvest and and uh, that starts up uh, what day is it is it Wednesday starts next Wednesday next Wednesday through Saturday or Sunday, Sunday through Sunday 100 hours 100 hours of worship and prayer and 100 evangelists yeah 100,000 so so that's huge yeah. honor you guys we love, love what's happening um, so that's and then at the same time the circuit riders we invite you guys Yes. Come down come to the on. fortress right downtown. The nights are open. Yes. You come to school. It's a premium Expl- uh, training. Yeah, for, Tell for everybody the details. cutting edge evangelism, taking it to the streets. <laughs> uh, actually, every afternoon we're doing it. All through CMA yeah. fanfare, where yeah. the city's going to be flooded. <laughs> every afternoon, Tuesday. So it's seven, June 7 to 11, 7 11, down at the fortress. And then the nights are open to everyone. So bring the fathers and the mothers. Don't allow it to just be. The young generation come in and cover them. I, I just really encourage you. There's a lot of young folks coming together. So, incredible evangelists that are coming to equip and train uh, the circuit riders. And so, we're honored to help host that too. But that's uh, next week. So, next week's going to be hot, guys. It's going to be hot in the harvest. You know, um, one of the challenges that we've seen with the circuit riders, just for the intercessors here, is the condition of our high schools and our junior highs. And, uh, you know, we have, I'm talking about, there's a few pockets, but when you look at our spiritual condition, I've met with uh, two of the youth pastors uh, of the 10 largest churches in the, in the whole region. I mean, you know, their churches are thousands. And they, they've done youth ministries in other cities across the nation and built large youth groups, but they say it's the hardest here of any place. They said it's, they said it's like a drug of religion, on the high school students and the junior high. So I just mentioned that to us. The circuit riders are coming in, have, have really hit a wall. They can't believe they've been making calls. They're from Southern California, calling the churches here. And, and of all the places they've worked, they're seeing the, the most resistance among pastors and churches to try to reach their youth. So I, I tell you that to say, listen, we've got to press in to see an awakening among these high school and junior high students. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah, Nashville's a, a, a special place, yeah. but it's got its unique warfare. Anyone's lived here long enough. I remember Dave Fitzpatrick said that that one time. He said, "He said, welcome to Nashville. Welcome to the meat grinder. <laughs> you, know, you can be a big fish in a small pond somewhere else. You come here and you're just like, whoa, just like take your place in the line, you know. But but that's okay. God's got a strategy. Don't get disheartened. Yes, that's right. Uh, we're going to tip this thing over for God's glory. Amen? And, and even the, the seed of, and that's what you, some of the guys encouraged uh, the circuit riders. They were getting ready to back out. Like, well, maybe we just won't do that. They were so excited about Nashville. They're like, well, there's just not enough people sign up. Maybe we should just can it. And, and some of the pastors said, no, come and sow a seed. It, yeah, maybe not everyone will come like they do in other cities, but there's going to be the right people to start sowing in because we do need help. We do need leverage from the outside. Uh, we're just so cluttered with so much activity and so much religion sometimes that we can't see when the visitation when it comes. But it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, like Scott said, they were so discouraged they almost pulled out their whole team because they were seeing so little response 
from the pastors for youth and high school and so few kids. And I, I said, listen, you got to see this like Harvard, Yale, the, the Ivy League schools. Yeah. you got to see this is the missions trip for your movement and your ministry. I said, if you, if you looked at Harvard or Yale compared to Auburn or other places, you saw very little fruit a decade ago, yeah. you know, five years ago. But, but circuit riders and others started pressing in, and now we're seeing a great harvest, or greater harvest in the Ivy League schools. So you know what I'm saying? It, it took faith rather than just looking at it normally. So be praying for these circuit riders that are coming next week, that there be a gift of faith and this boldness to break the religious spirit Woo! in our city. And, and come and support. Show up if you can. We really encourage you. Okay, Merle Miller. Okay, you guys ready for this? I, uh, I was telling Kim, we said, what, what happened out there and stuff? And, and uh, uh, so Merle, come on up. This is a great man of God. Uh, I told him, I think I prophesied already years ago. You're like from another generation, but, but God did put you here on purpose. But he's a revivalist. He carries something. I couldn't believe, like, you know, if you don't mind me saying it, I'll just say it anyways, but because I got the microphone, and but I, I said he's he's like a country bunkin, you know. He's like one of those. He's a, he, you know, he, he's he's from the woods. He builds barns. I don't know what all he does, but but he carries the presence of God. And when I saw him out in L.A., I was like, Merle, is that you? I didn't know you'd make it this far west in your lifetime. You know, you're you're in California. You know where you are. He's like, hey, God, God sent me here. God brought me here. You know, I was like, all right, good, let's do this. So so we met with him after Azusa, okay. Now, we, there's a lot of stories we could tell you what he's already done. He's traveled across America on a horse, do, you know, calling out uh, Jesus is coming rather than Paul Revere's ride, you know, five years ago or something, wow. rather than the British are coming. He's done a lot of radical stuff. He carries something, guys. We need to welcome him into our city as a, as, a, as a real fire carry, real evangelist. But I wanted him to share, because stuff happened out there, guys, that was remarkable. Jason remembers we were all together having, having dinner, going, what is going on? So I just said, why me tell the story? Well, we can ask. He's, he's one of ours, you know. And the, the one thing I just want to say as I release him to share, um, uh, my heart for this city is like, I'm just a team. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a team player. I'm Come one on. of the team. Come on, bro. And someone else can carry the ball better than me. Even though I was supposed to preach this morning. I did a little bit. But but uh, I just felt like, you know, we got to f- get good at just, man, who can yeah. who can run this play? You know, you, Bob's incredible at that. He's a team player. He, he's, he's constantly putting teams together. We need coaches. We need a one team that can do this for God's glory. Be a, be a winning team. So, Lord, we, we thank you for, for for Merle now, what he's carried. And we ask now, just in the, in the, in the next 10, 15 minutes, you just pour it out on us, Lord. Just, just uh, Lord, without measure, no restraint, Holy Spirit. Come and have your way. Thank you what you did in Azusa. Bring it here, Lord. Thank you for this man. Cover him and his family as he shares now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me tell you, what Scott shared a while ago was right from the Father's heart. I mean, right from the Father's heart about one of mine and one accord. What did it take them? Ten days to get in one mind and one accord in the upper room? And when finally they got there and the Holy Spirit came down. I want to tell you what, I got also a special place in my heart for intercessors. Come on. A number of years ago, I was in a very deep valley, 2 a.m. in the morning, and I felt the devil say, Merle, just give up. Just give up. And there was an intercessor I hadn't talked to in three years called me at 2 a.m. and said, Merle, the Lord told me to tell you, don't give up. So I'm telling you, we need the intercessors. If we don't get a third grade awakening, we're done. It's over. We're doomed. We need a third grade awakening. I don't even like horses, but I rode anyhow on a horse because I knew this nation needed God. We needed God. 
I didn't even have the money to go to Azuzu. But you know what happened? Three different individuals called me. One was Travis Vaughn. Yeah, come on. One, one was that same intercessor that I hadn't talked to probably nine months before she called me. She said, you got to go to Azuzu. you got to go to Azuzu. And then finally, a former Amish friend of mine called me. He said, Merle, I'll go with you to Azuzu if you go. I said, we're going. God, I don't know what you have in store, but we're going. I said, God, you're going to provide the funds, but we're going. It's going to happen. But uh, just a, I felt the Lord tell me I should give you a background of where I'm from, what has happened a little bit in my life. Uh, I was lukewarm in the 80s. My wife and I got married. Your typical couple, go to church, do the thing, but we were lukewarm. But everybody else around me was lukewarm too, so it looked like we fit right in. Everything was fine. Yeah, that's right. Until an evangelist came to town one time and he spoke in Revelation 3. And finally I realized I was lukewarm and I was in trouble and I was getting ready to be spit out. Oh, I'm telling you, we need the fear of God back in this nation. We need the fear of God back in this nation. I want to tell you, we have too many sugar-coated whatever. Let me tell you, at Azuzu, there wasn't no sugar-coating nothing. I mean, when they preached, when William Seymour preached. But... Uh, when I finally told the Lord, I felt the Lord saying to me, Merle, get in or get out. This was in the 80s. He said, Merle, get in or get out. He said, you get serious with me, I'll get serious with you. And I, my wife and I knelt by our bed. We said, God, we want in. And we surrendered to the mission field. We thought it was going to be Haiti. We thought it was going to be Jamaica. We thought it was going to be in a mosquito-infested jungle somewhere. <laughs> Guess where he sent us? Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Woo! All right. 27 years ago. God's not done, Scott. Amen. So anyhow, I couldn't get after revival hit my heart. I literally I was into sports big time. I played about every I played ice hockey, football, everything you can think of. We had trophies. I threw them out in the trash. Told my wife that's it. I went out in the knelt, I knelt in the backyard one night about midnight. I said, God, I did the aisle thing when I was seven or eight years old. I mean, I did the aisle thing, you know, I didn't want to go to hell, went up the aisle, got wet, you know, they baptized me and everything. But it wasn't until I was 32 years old that I went in the backyard one night and I said, Lord, I said, forgive me for being a jerk. It's exactly what I told him. And living my life all for myself, I said, I want to make you number one. Everything changed. The Bible went from being an outdated, outdated rule book to being like the morning newspaper. It's like I knew these guys, Peter, James, and John. It was just the Holy Spirit coming alive in me. And after revival hit me, it hit my wife. Praise God. Because a lot of times one spouse will get hot and another one won't. But praise God, we both got hot at the same time. And we knelt by our bed and we said, God, where do you want to use us? At that time, I couldn't get my hands on enough uh, revival books. George Whitfield, Jonathan Edwards, Charles Finney. In fact, when I did the ride, I took the horse up to where Charles Finney got saved up in western New York. And I said, God, we're going to do this ride, God. And I felt the Lord saying we were laying a spiritual fuse that someday God's going to light and it's going to come right down through the nation. We're praying for that fuse to be lit. But I, I, at one time, I had four Zuzu books on my bed. Four of them. A friend of mine gave them to me. This is back before Zuzu was even going to happen at the, at the Coliseum. And I just poured through it. I wanted to know why, what makes the Spirit of God fall on a group of people. Something does, Scott. And I believe one mind and one accord is, one, is definitely one of them. Yeah. Where the Spirit of God falls on a group of people. Woo! So finally we got the airline tickets. We said, here we go. Didn't, we didn't know what we were going to expect. But we went out there. And sure, we found the Coliseum, took our taxi, 
found a coliseum and we got out there that day and the people started filing in and filing in and I was supposed to try to find Scott or not Scott I was supposed to try to uh, Travis Vaud Travis. I said how am I going to find him and these thousands of people were there walking along and I just stopped looked over right there he was right in the line trying to get into the coliseum but you know in a large venue like that there's only so much you can do. You know, we have praise, we have worship, which is ma- ma- fantastic with all them thousands of people praising and worshiping the Lord. Then you see people get out of wheelchairs. You see the uh, testimonies and the reconciliation happening. But I knew in my hearts of hearts that God had me out there for a reason. Years ago, my wife stumbled upon a Genesis where Isaac had to redig the wells. Of Abraham. In fact, I called up Ray Hughes about 10:30 one night and said, "Have you seen this in the scriptures about redigging the well?" He said, "Oh my!" He said, "I dug my first well when I was 13 years old." And they were well drillers. But I knew in my heart's of hearts I had to go to Bunny Bray Street. And on Sunday, my friend and I, we got a taxi. We headed to Bunny Bray Street. Believe it or not, we found the wrong Bunny Bray. <laughs> we said, "Where is it?" I said, "Re-Google it." He re-googled it. He said, it's 40 miles from here. I said, I said, that's okay. God knows what he's doing. We found out later the timing was perfect. 